Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawk fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. We are in our very last um, position group segment of this long series that we've uh, just kind of wrapped up. And uh, we're on to special teams today, talking about kickers, punters, long snappers, and gunners, and kick returners, and all that kind of fun stuff. And um, should be a fun show. Welcome in. Yeah, it should be a fun show. We've got um, uh, a lot to talk about here, which normally you think special teams and, and Seattle, and you're like, well, this is already set, right? Because they've got, you know, you know, two really good ones at kicker and punter, and they've been pretty stable at, at long snapper for a while. Um, but there's a lot more to special teams than just that, and they're not quite as stable at long snapper for the moment. So we'll see how this goes. And, um, yeah, it's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, where they are stable is their their two main guys that we think about uh, when we talk about special teams, and that's Jason Myers and Michael Dixon, both signed through the 2025 season. Jason mm-hmm. Myers just signed a, uh, an extension uh, this January that'll pay him, um, you know, an average of $5 million a year, um, which is, you know, <laughs> as things go, you think it's expensive. You can certainly do better if you draft a punter or, excuse me, draft a kicker straight out of college. Um, and, and you can lower that cap hit, but when you've got somebody like Jason Myers, uh, age 31, making the pro bowl last season, had a, had a career year, uh, you feel pretty good about paying somebody that so that you can ensure that that part of your, um, 
that your team is just taking care of. You don't have to worry about it. And that's the case with Jason Myers for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's um, been good uh, as far as field goals. And that's why he was pro bowler and all that. Um, There are a couple things that I think the team would like him to work on and get better at. um, One of which is touchbacks on kickoffs because, you know, he last year only had 54% of his kickoffs um, go for, you know, um, for a touchback. And that is really one of the lower numbers in the entire league. And for a guy that's known for having a pretty big leg, like that's, I guess it's 58, sorry, um, not 54, but still for a guy that that's known for having a pretty big leg, that that's, it's kind of odd that it's that low. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it's, and, and then they changed the rule a little bit with regards to touchbacks, um, in that, um, players can, can signal for a fair catch and they still bring it out, um, to the 25. Is that, isn't, isn't that correct on kickoff? Yeah, it, which, that's is, true. It, which may add to his, his total. I don't know. You know, and, and another thing I was thinking too, is maybe they prefer that. So, and the reason that I say that is that, um, some, you know, some teams have really good special teams. Seahawks are one of them. And maybe um, the way that that is coached with them is they want the opportunity to try to get that ball out, um, cause a turnover, um, you know, with, with their with their guys. And they would rather, you know, if you take a look at the average um, starting point uh, for drives, I don't know what the difference is. I don't have that information handy, but I can't imagine it's too much over 25-yard line. Um, mm-hmm. for their opponents, and maybe they they would rather give up the two extra yards on average versus the opportunity to to cause some havoc or or really uh, have have one that starts at the ten or the twelve or or whatever, which which has happened as well. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, honestly, um, when you're the better team, you want to lower. Um, variance right lower the randomness um that can happen and in that case i'm like just kick it into the end zone and and be done with it um and that so that might be a case where last year they knew they were you know this was a rebuilding team and they're trying to make stuff happen and so yeah maybe they are asking him to to drop it down right on on the goal line and and make guys uh make a decision with the football and that kind of stuff um we don't know i just know that like when i look at around the league right you're looking at almost everybody is um 65 percent or better and he's at 58 so that's a uh it's a pretty pretty big drop and um there's there's got to be a reason for it because this is a guy with a big leg this is a guy that um hits you know 55 yard field goals with pretty regularity so um, we've seen him touch the back of the end zone on kickoffs as well it's not like he can't yeah I yeah. would imagine that it's coached that way, but I could I could be wrong. But before we finish up with Jason Myers, I wanted to just say that he was tied for second in field goals made last year at 34, fifth in total field goal percentage at 91.9, and fifth in points after uh, touchdown makes um, 34 or 37 field goal attempts, making all six from behind 50-yard line. And uh, 41 of 42 point after attempts led the NFL in points scored with 143 and made the, the uh, Pro Bowl. 
So yeah. I mean, great year all around. Deserved great year all around. I'm I'm not I wasn't trying to be overly critical there because he is a guy that um was incredibly dependable last year. And it's odd that within at least within Seahawks Twitter, he's not thought of that way. Um he and, did have an off season, not the year before you know, year before, but the year before that. Yeah, he, when he first he kind of struggled he, a little bit. He started out struggling and then Everyone was complaining about him, and he said, in the middle of them complaining about it, he set a franchise record hitting 36 in a row. Um, and no one's ever really kind of stopped complaining about him, and I don't really understand why. He's because one of the better kickers like in the NFL. Complain. Yeah, people well, like there's to complain, that. dude. You may have noticed that, that, but people do yeah, like to do. complain. <laughs> Especially on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so the, the, and then, then the next guy is... It, really kind of forms one of the best kicking duos in the in the league really and that's michael dixon uh signed mm-hmm. through the 2025 season uh originally drafted by seattle uh we we not i think we drafted him in the fourth round keith um you know and the guys just spend uh money really um finished eighth in the average uh yards per punt at 48.5 which is still stellar second in yeah, that average that's at 44.4. the thing it's the it's the net that matters Mm-hmm. Um, guys that, that, you know, pound the ball really deep, um, but can't, you know, they just outkick their coverage every time that, that doesn't help you. Um, yeah. and, but, you but know, nonetheless though, his, his 47.57, uh, career average, uh, per kick, um, is the best in NFL history. So, I mean, you, yeah. you, you don't want to completely discount it. it. It is who it is, but yeah, yeah. You want the net. I mean, and that points mm-hmm. to the reason why it's called special teams you know it's it's a combination of of that plus coverage yeah and so we you want the net that's the that's the whole point there is that you want guys to be um you when you punt the ball you don't want returns and the fact that he's got a really nice average is awesome but the fact that his net average is um for his all three years of his career, he's been, uh, you know, top two or top three in the league. That shows you like how good he is, um, and that's that's really what you're looking for. And uh, on top of that, he's also proven to be really good at pinning teams back um, and getting them, you know, inside the twenty, inside the ten, um, and mm-hmm. and and pinning guys back. So if you're if you're punting, you're just outside of field goal range and you decide to bring on the punt team, you better be able to pin them deep and not let that ball get into the end zone. Because, um, right, if you're kicking off the 45 and you put it in the end zone, the ball comes out to the 20th, 25-yard net. That's not worth it. Um, and in all of last year, he only had three balls get into the end zone. That's it. Wow. Um, oh, wow, I did not know that. Yeah. So he, um, and he had 22 that, that uh, we're downed inside the 20 with no so return. So for, uh, for younger listeners, you won't even have known this name really, but, but for guys like us been around for a while, I always, um, you know, looked at punting, uh, through the lens of Ray guy, uh, mm-hmm. the longtime punter for the, um, for the Raiders. Yep. And, um, he was a traditional kicker. Like he would, you know, he would place, he would, he would punt, uh, in the, in the way that all punters were taught how to punt, uh, where the ball is placed, you know, at a certain spot and an angle on your foot when you, when you hit it and it spins 
in a certain direction and uh, almost like a spiral. Uh, um, and it, it came down uh, the same way every time. And he just boomed those things. Um, Michael Dixon is quite a bit different than that in that I frequently see him drop these balls on his foot at different angles from different heights. Sometimes they're little poochies on the, on the side. He looks like he's got like 10 different ways that he makes contact with the ball at any given time. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it still goes the distance that you would expect. Um, but it's just kind of, it's crazy to me. So what yeah. do you, what do you make of all that? Well, he's got such great, like, uh, foot eye coordination that he can do those kind of things. And most guys, you don't want them even trying. Um, but his ability to put different spins on the ball, one time he'll hit it and it'll spiral just, you know, Ray guy style. And the next one, it'll spiral in the other direction. Um, and that makes it really hard to catch because or it won't you're, spiral at all. It'll tumble. Yeah. Or it'll, or it'll have a bat, um, backspin to it. Uh, it just, every time it's a little bit different, uh, I think he does it on purpose because he's trying to get guys to, um, to drop the ball and to, you know, to muff the catch and it, it's, it's worked. Um, I think it worked a lot more his, uh, rookie year. I think teams have started, getting the returners to prep for it because he, you know, it's a weapon to have a guy like that. And uh, so it hasn't worked quite as, as often as it did as rookie year, but it still works. And it's still one of those things. And as long as he's putting in the average, you know, the, the, he's, he's getting, he's hitting the length, he's hitting his spots in terms of inside the 20 um, and, you know, the net average and all those things are still there. Why wouldn't you want him to do those kind of things, right? Just if you can generate, um, you know, three more turnovers over the course of the season because you're able to spin the ball a little differently, that's that can be huge. Yeah. That can that can make a break a couple games. Yeah, he had a huge soccer background as well as rugby, uh, mm-hmm. obviously from Australia. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, he works hard at his craft. They practice these things uh, on a daily basis um, in their special teams coverages and so forth. And uh, he's he's one of the best. So it's it's fun having Michael Dixon's one of those players where you don't have to pay him too much, but you know he's definitely top three punter in the in the league. Um, and I could definitely see him being here for his entire career. Type of a a guy. He just yeah. is solid. Um, you, barely, you barely notice him. Otherwise, he's not a distraction. He just does his job really well. Okay, so the next spot I want to talk about is the long snapper spot previously occupied by Tyler Ott. Um, we had a guy named Tinker uh, that finished last season. Um, and they didn't bring either one of those guys back. They were unrestricted. And they mm-hmm. decided, or maybe one of them was restricted, but didn't get tendered. Um, I didn't know exactly what to make of that because I thought both guys did a really good job. Um, and they weren't making that much money. To, to mm-hmm. re-sign Tinker for a one-year deal or even a two- or three-year deal wasn't going to cost much more than the league minimum. Um, but they decided to not do anything. They didn't do anything really in the draft. Uh, you don't really have draft these guys. They just kind of show up. We ended up getting one of the best long snappers in the nation um, to come to um, rookie minicamp as an undrafted rookie free agent in Chris Stoll. And that seems like it's his job to lose now. Well, he's the only one on the roster currently. Um, who can do the job. And so, yeah, they've, they've kind of handed him to the job. 
I mean, you're right about his job to lose. If he comes into camp or in preseason and screws things up, they'll, you know, cut him and bring Tinker or Ott back in a second. But yeah, they definitely seem to be wanting to, to um, get younger. I, the difference between, you know, um, league minimum for a guy like Tyler Ott and, um, you know, Chris Stoll's contract is about 350000 a year. Um, which isn't that much when you've got a guy that you know you can depend on. Um, but like you said, this is one of the best, I think it was he's the best long snapper in the draft class. Again, not that you'd ever draft an, a long, long snapper, but, um, you know, 6'2", 255, he runs pretty well. And one of the reasons why, um, you know, the Seahawks went with, they've made some changes at the at this position uh, during Pete Carroll's uh, time here is they've they've kept wanting to get better at guys being able to get downfield and help um, and not just snap the ball and then stand there and watch and um, uh, he this guy has got the size and he runs well and he blocks well um, 255 it doesn't sound like an offensive lineman but you really are a center um, on those plays, you need to be able to, uh, to help. Um, now they can't, no teams can't line a guy directly over you. Right. Uh, so you're, you you're can protected have somebody a little really bit. undersized. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You can have someone undersized, but you still need to be able to help. Cause if they put, if they've got somebody who can just, you know, come right up the middle at, um, at your punter or at your kicker, that that's a problem. So you've got to be able to, to, to do your job. And this guy can, um, any on punts, he can get downfield and, um, you know, help cover. So uh, that might be be part of it. It's more than just the snapping part, but we've also seen what happens um, when the snapping part goes bad, right? Uh, we saw that a couple of years or for a few years ago before Tyler Ott came to town when they had a guy that just couldn't hit his spots uh, snapping the ball well. And they went to him as a guy who, um, because he could get downfield and those kind of things. He was more athletic, and it, that was a mistake. Um, so then they they made that switch, brought in on Tyler Ott, and he's been great until he got hurt. You know, Tinker did great. But I, I think it comes down to part of it is if uh, there are guys out there who can do this job, and they're going to spend as little on, on the position as possible. Yeah. And that might well, just be where it is. In the opposite end of the spectrum, we've got Nick Ballour, special teams captain, for, for quite a few years now. And they just re-signed him on a two-year extension in February. He can make up to $6.6 million over two years. He's got $3.75 million in his first year. He's just mm -hmm. a special teams guy. That's it. That You know, he takes, a, you know, four or five snaps a year at, at other positions, um, you know, at, at linebacker or at fullback or whatever. But... He's a special teams guy. He led the the, the team uh, with 352 special team snaps uh, last season, turned 34 years old this year, um, and made the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but he's a good player, and he's a good locker room guy. And... He's a great locker room guy. He's the captain, as you mentioned. Um, but more than that, he is an extra coach uh, for special teams. He can get in there and teach. He gets in there. Um, and really instructs on how to get off a jam and how to um, not get run out of your lane and, and, and things like that. You see him, um, you see him teaching all the time during camp. I, I've seen him teaching during the game, talking to, you know, 
these like young receivers that aren't going to, they're not there to play receiver unless someone gets hurt. They're there for special teams and he's there and you can talk and you can tell this, but way he's using his hands and they're talking about stuff that, that he's, he's instructing and he's teaching. And um, that's part of it with him. Like he's, it's, it's hard to justify, you know, three and a half million dollars for a guy that doesn't see the field on offense or defense, but um, he's one of the best. So there's a reason why he's a pro bowler. Like he is the, he's a guy that the team really values the coaches value and they coach, they, they value him because of not just what he does on the field, but what he does in the locker and what he does on the sidelines. And it's a lot of money um, for a guy like that, but still, um, very few guys make the Pro Bowl just because of their ability to cover kicks, right? Yeah. Well, and and one of them is our coach, Larry Izzo. Uh, 14 years in the league as a player, started coaching special teams in 2011. It's been a Seahawks coach since 2020. And uh, Seattle was named the third-ranked DBOA special teams uh, team in 2020 and 2021. Uh, Rick Gostlin's uh, 2022 uh, NFL special teams rankings had Seattle at number two behind Houston as the best special teams play uh, team in the, in the league. Um, and um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a well coached team and mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't shock me if Nick Buller ends up being a special teams coach. Uh, I think that's, that's his future if he wants it. Um, yep. You know, I think he's going to hopefully, I'm not, I'm not going to say hopefully I was going to say, uh, this is probably maybe his last contract, but who knows? Um, guys like this, he's making he's making that kind of money, but he's only playing 370 snaps a year. His body's going to hold up as long as he stays in shape. So, yeah, we'll, but he's we'll, also getting older. He's 34. Yeah, his next contract, he'll be 36. Like you, you've yeah. got to have speed to do his job. And at 36, your speed is is starting to um to, to drop. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's stick with Gunners because there's some other guys on here that we need to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to get back to that for sure. Um, last year, we, you know, Cody Barton, Tanner Muse had had this, the second and third um, ranked snaps for this team. Uh, Tanner Muse is no longer here. Cody Barton's not going to be back. DJ Dallas was next up with Derek Young, Colby Parkinson. Uh, those guys are going to be back, and I would imagine will lead the special teams play. But there's all sorts of you know other guys that contribute as as well. Uh, in fact, you've still got offensive linemen that 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 play special teams as well. But let's let's talk about the guys that are gunners, guys that are kick returners and punt returners for this team. It seems like uh, Godwin Ebuiki uh, mm-hmm. last year came on. Played in five games and darn near led the league in uh, return average, kick returns. He was kind of electric. He had a few, you know, consistently 40 yards or so, moving the ball, um, you know, changing, flipping the, the, the field for the, for the special teams play. And honestly, I was surprised that the Seahawks didn't instant, extend him an offer to come back. Uh, he would have been very inexpensive and kind of locked down that spot. But I think that they might, want an opportunity for a couple other guys to kind of come forward and, and uh, do that. But anyway, you want to talk about gunners. Let's talk about gunners and then we can talk about those guys. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple, um, a couple of names that I think we need to start with. Um, and, you know, like the, the wide receiver 
um Derek Young. Yeah, Derek Young. Um six two two twenty four with just uh, endless amount of speed. Big guy, um, very fast guy, got downfield as well as anyone. Um needs to, you know, make sure that he get that he gets home when he gets down there, but makes a lot of plays. Makes a lot of plays. Um when when he gets downfield <clears throat> and even if he doesn't make the tackle, he he changes what's going on. Um, and he's a guy that you look at and you go, well, if he, the TX are four deep or, you know, three deep at the, at the top uh, with receiver. And then, you know, you're going to have a couple other guys. Those couple other guys better be special teams like mainstays. Mm-hmm. And that, it gives a guy like Derek Young a leg up. The fact that he's proven um, that he can be really good on special teams. Uh, and so that'll help him make the roster um, and then give him an opportunity to do other things. I'm excited to see what some of these um, these other guys come in and, and do. Me too, um, actually. And, you know, there's there's some guys on here that are that are really interesting when it comes to special team stuff. Um, a guy like John Hall, um, an undrafted rookie, 6'3", 194, and can run pretty well. Um, you know, guys like that seeing them get downfield like they're going to with that speed you know you're going to be able to get you're going to have opportunities um you mentioned colby parkinson which which when i was looking at this i found that to be kind of surprising because he's big but he's not the fastest guy right but you know he's six seven and right um but he was able to uh get off the get off the snap because they don't they don't he's not a gunner he's not outside right He's he's in line, but he's able to get off the snap, get downfield, cover the middle of the field, um, and make plays. And uh, they like that in him. And that's the thing that you've got to be able to do if you're going to be the third or fourth tight end. It's also part of the reason why uh, the team keeps Tyler Mabry around, the, mm-hmm. even though he's been on the practice squad for for um, a lot of the you know time he's been here. They keep him around because he can do those kind of things too. Even even a guy like Will Disley ended up having 180 special team snaps last year. Kobe Parkinson mm-hmm. had 193. So even they're asking Will Disley to, to stay in there and, and do that as well. Uh, Joey Blount was another kid that had 175 snaps last year. I don't even know if he's going to make the roster based on the, the safety uh, conversation we had uh, a couple yeah. of shows ago. Um, it's going to be uh, really tight. Tariq Woolen played 118 snaps last year. I'm not sure if Tariq Woolen ends up playing special teams this year. We'll see. They might want to, guard his knee a little bit he had that little uh mm-hmm. cleanup done uh this offseason we'll see how that goes but that's just another opportunity for other guys to kind of step up as well, well this um, is where you're gonna I, see guys like uh jarek reed step into that role totally and totally, and totally. go from being you know okay so woolen's not in there anymore but now you've got this extra safety um who works as hard as anybody and has some good measurables uh that can slide in and, and take that job yeah yeah, John Radigan, they they really like as a linebacker prospect. He'd be a guy that would be, you know, definitely earn his um, salary on special teams. Um, even a guy like uh, outside linebacker Derek Hall um, would 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 get some more opportunities to see the field playing special teams. He's got that speed and size uh, to be a great tackler. Kobe Bryant. Um, done their their cornerback i think they like him in in that role levi jones the linebacker possibly make the roster um on on special teams play trey brown um zach charbonnet i understand is a great gunner guy uh, on the outside 
that might uh, step in there as well. Mike Jackson likes to play special teams. Um, he'd probably have a hundred snaps. I think if, if, if he does not end up getting that starting role, um, for sure. Kenny McIntosh is another player that we could see maybe possibly uh, work into a kick returning type of a role for them. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of a uh, or Dallas, um, I would like to see a little bit of competition there. I know the team, speaking of, of returners, I know the team likes Aesop Winston Jr. In that, yes. in fact, Pete Carroll mentioned him, signaled uh, him out as a guy that works hard um, and, and is kind of electric out there. Um, so we'll we'll see that as well. Yeah, um, I mean, he's a guy that's that's part of the reason why he's here is because of that. Um, the thing with okay, the thing with the kick return situation is that uh, they've got guys who can do that job. Tyler Lockett was one of the best ever when he had that job. He only had it mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, and then he broke his leg and he, the team has had him in there only in absolute must win late in game kind of spots. They keep him out of there because they don't want to see him get hurt. Uh, but he's really freaking good at that job. Um, but they don't want him in that job. He's too valuable to get hurt on special teams. So they want other people too. <clears throat> DJ Dallas did a pretty good lo- job last year. Um, didn't have great yeah. stats, but was there were times when he was electric. His his open field ability showed up at times. I don't um, know about and, electric. I don't know if the electric is the right word. I would say that steady is better. Yeah, but he looked more than steady in that his speed and his ability to make people miss um, wasn't great blocking in front of him. It's, the current rules make it really hard for, for returners to do a lot because you can't form a wedge in front of them. <clears throat> you you know, you can't have more than two guys next to each other blocking. And so it makes it hard to read and that kind of stuff. But he was able to, when they asked, when he had to return it like a kick and it, um, cause it didn't get to the end zone or it was only one foot in and he didn't, trust that he would be given the um you know the touchback he did a good job of getting it out past the 25 um pretty regularly and always looked like he was one or two blocks away from from breaking a huge one i i liked him in that role he's very steady didn't drop the ball yeah i would Um, say that he's steady but yeah i'm not gonna say that he's electric or really gives the team an opportunity to um to have anything more than that sorry getting a little buzz on this thing um i would say i would really like to see d eskridge in that role um i think that they drafted him to be in that role but he can't get on the field yeah and i know and so but nonetheless he's on the bubble as far as making the roster and having an impact on special teams and all that kind of stuff and this is a way for him to be on the field. And I think that the team really would prefer he go out and win that job. Um, and I I would prefer that he'd be able to go out and win that job as well. Um, and I think that he would be way more electric, when healthy, than, um, than DJ Dallas. I mean, Eskridge has got four, three, four speed. Sure. And DJ Dallas is a four or five guy. DJ Dallas yeah. also has stayed healthy. Um, that is very Eskridge, true. 
Eskridge has yet to play. Um, the guy no, that absolutely. I think the guy I think is that's ultimately going to win that job, though you mentioned already, and that would be Kenny McIntosh. Um, he's the team wants to figure out a way to get him on the roster um, as a fourth or fifth running back, and that's good. You you do that if you're the um, if you're the kick returner, and I think that's going to be his route towards a roster spot is doing that. And he's just kind of built for it. Like I know mm-hmm. that his testing numbers at the combine weren't great, but go watch him. Go watch his tape. He he plays a lot faster than his combine numbers suggest. And I think just having him out there to, you know, do those things and and he he's a guy that that's kind of a, the role that's built for him. And I, I honestly expect him to win that job. You too. I, I totally agree. I, another guy to watch um, sneaking on the back end of, of the, the team would be a guy like Noah Grin, uh, Grindor, the unrestricted um, Ricky free agent um, tight end or Griffin Herbert. Um, both those guys are, have some speed um, and have good hands. And, you know, if they're going to make the roster on the peripheral, um, that, that would be a way that they would, they would be able to do it. Um, Cody Thompson has made a, a living so far, um, living on the edge of the roster and being able to play special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be interesting. A guy like Jake Bobo, who's turned out to be a, a nice find for them as an unrestricted, un, undrafted guy um, so far in camp, doesn't have a lot of speed. So I don't think he would necessarily be a gunner, but he would be a guy that they would have to play special teams and be very successful at it in order to make this roster. Well, yeah, but you don't have to be a gunner or a return guy to do that. You can be, um, you know, one of the guys that's in front of the returner. Um, blocker, there to pick up, you know, if someone if it comes off the side of someone's foot, that kind of stuff. Um, you can carve out a role of things that you can do on special teams. Um, obviously, the more that you can do, the more valuable you are. And mm-hmm. if that's all you've got, that's going to make it harder. Um, but, you know, there are different jobs that he can, that he can do. He could, um, with that height, be a guy that comes off the edge on, you know, um, field goal attempts and tries to block him. So we've seen that, <clears throat> which actually makes me um, want to talk about something that back in the Legion of Boom days, right? You saw a lot of, Brandon Browner and Richard Sherman on special teams, even though they were the starters. Yeah, you'd you did. see um, Doug Baldwin in there coming off the edge to block uh, kicks or block field goals. Um, you'd see guys that are you wouldn't expect to be on the field for those situations on the field in those situations. Um, the team seems to have gotten away from that a little bit, um, and I don't know if that's just because of the fact that like Doug Baldwin's career was shorter than it probably should have been because of a knee injury or any of that stuff. But I'd love to see this team make an effort to get their, their best players their best athletes on the field more um, obviously limit it a little bit. Cause you don't want guys getting hurt, but you know, but there's certain like, times <laughs> in games where you could have an impact on a game by making yeah. a play. Yeah. Having a guy like Nawasu come off the edge uh, to block a, a kick like why wouldn't you want that like and we already saw Tariq Wollin do that last year as well 
Mike yeah. Jackson returned out, you know, 90 yards for a touchdown last year. One of the best special teams plays of the year, for sure. Yeah, so, um, we like I said, we haven't seen a lot of that this year, but it would be... Um, so you might see, you might want guys out there like Witherspoon or Trey Brown or even Wollin, um, maybe even Njigba um, would have an opportunity to return kicks or be on special teams as well. I've already mentioned Zach Charbonnet. You mentioned Kenny McIntosh, Jarek Reed. Daryl Taylor. Um, Boy, I'm off. Just getting some of the better athletes on the field. Now, again, you, you don't want guys getting hurt doing that. If they're, especially if they're starters and that kind of stuff, because it's like, Oh, and now you don't have your starting corner because you had Wollen in there and he, you know, tweaked his knee a little bit or something like that. So you got to be careful with it. But, at the same time, like you, you need to have guys that can come in and, and do the job and your best athletes, if you're, if you're not allowing your best athletes, your best players out there, it hurts your overall ability. Um, now granted last year, the team had fantastic special teams overall. You said the number two, um, <laughs> you know, ranked special teams units. And that was with very little of the starters getting um reps out there and so uh, i'm willing to you know let Izzo do his job and and he's clearly very good at it um and and that but when it comes down to it right at the end of the game if you need a punt return to set you up um for a chance for a game-winning drive um why wouldn't you put tyler lockett out there in that situation i think that seattle actually has a chance to improve this year on special teams. And we already know that Pete Carroll loves special teams as a pillar of, mm-hmm. of you know, what's important for him to, to be able to win games. We're losing Tyler Muse, uh, Cody Barton, Josh Jones took 166 snaps last year. Travis Homer had 130 snaps. Justin Coleman, 120 snaps. Ryan Neal, over 100 snaps. Tease Tabor. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all guys that are no longer going to be, that's, you know, there's four, the guys that had 1400 snaps last year on special teams are no longer on the team. That's going to be a real opportunity for guys like Jarek Reed, Derek Hall, Kobe Bryant, um, John Radigan, Trey Brown, you know, all the guys that we mentioned as far as stepping up uh, for, for roles that are, that are starter guys, Witherspoon and Jigba, McIntosh, Charbonnet, um, will will fill those gaps. And I think those types of players, and, and we had a very good draft, I, I believe, and, and we have very good athletes on this team um, that are able to fill those spots. And I think even better than what we had prior. And, and those teams were well-coached and did a great job, you know, second in the NFL in special teams overall when they ma- uh, average, you know, coverage, start points, uh, you know, where you start drives, um, tackles, tackles for loss, turnovers, et cetera. That's how you measure special teams. And, and um, I think that we're going to be even better this year. Yeah. I mean, we'll see uh, about that. Cause w- those names that you mentioned, um, Cody Barton and Travis Homer, especially are really good experienced guys at getting downfield and making tackles um, and preventing returns. Um, those guys made a lot of tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, on special teams and that's a lot of production to replace now you can put a guy in there that's more athletic right you can go okay well you know we'll just stick um Derek young in there and, and be 
better and faster, but it's more than just the speed, right? You've got to be able to um, break down what's going on, get in position, make the tackle. Um, and guys that have figured out how to do that really well aren't as easily replaced just because maybe they're a little older or a little less athletic. I mean, mm-hmm. Nick Ballor is not the most athletic guy, but he's one of the best in the NFL. Uh, at that job because of, he gets all the little I- intricacies of, of everything that you've got to do with it. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, there's some turnover. We'll see what happens with that, but there's definitely some turnover on special teams. There's always turnover on special teams, uh, right? Cause these are the, the guys that are the, you know, the bottom third of the roster. And uh, so there's a lot of turnover every year, but it comes down to coaching and um, that's Obviously, the Seahawks have a great one. Um, they've got their headliners, right? The punter, kicker, um, captain, and Nick Ballore. It's they just got to they fill in around it. Guys got to learn and do their job. Yeah, it just comes down to desire. I mean, special teams is desire, and um, I I think we're gonna be fine. Totally fine. Okay, yep. so let's wrap this thing up. Um, we've got some great shows coming up. Let me get into that really quick. Um, we have got an NFC West. Uh, preview show coming up uh, the next show after this and then we're going to take a look at a wider look at the NFC overall as well and a show coming up we're going to do a coaches show um, talk about all the coaches we just talked about one today we'll talk about all the others and we got a fun show coming up that we have had on our radar for a long time but haven't completely it, it's fallen off it's one of the shows that have fallen off if we just didn't have time for it and it's a look back in history our favorite all-time Seahawks, our favorite plays, our favorite coaches, memories, et cetera. That'll be a fun show because we kind of go way back, both of us. And um, and then our right before 4th of July is our seventh annual beer sampling show and question and answer show. The early poll between Keith and I is that we're going to do a dark beer show, stouts, et cetera. Um, and we'll see how that goes because I'm not, that drinker so i have a lot to learn if i if we go that direction and um so that might be fun for me for sure i know it's going to be fun for you because it's going to be fun for me because that's my style so yeah um <laughs> well let's do that then yeah because okay. if we did if we did my style which, we, which is what we did, did what we did last we, year. we did the last year yeah yeah we, yeah, did, yeah. we did the ambers so. and stuff so and yeah. the year before we did the IPAs, which is neither of our style, but still True. was very interesting um, <laughs> for us to get through and, and to try some. Yeah. So that'll be fun. That's always a fun show because by the time we get done with the show, anything, <laughs> anything yep. can happen. So the, the first couple of years we did that, we did that, we did it with our predictions for the year. Um, and the joke was always that, you know, we were going to be pretty reserved about our predictions at the start of the show, but by the end, we're like, "Woo, sixteen and zero in the Super Bowl." Um, it never quite got that way, but <laughs> no. uh, that was always a joke leading into it. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and it's and it and and those shows are fun for us because uh, quite often some of those questions go way beyond football. Uh, we kind of leave it open ended, so we talk about philosophy and physics and vaccines and who who the heck knows, right? It just pretty much anything. So um, so that's a a fun one to look forward to. All right, let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is on your favorite podcast platform. All you have to do is look for it. Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, share it. Leave a nice review. If you enjoy the show, you can find us on your um, 
on the YouTube channel as well, the Hockey Playbook Podcast, and that subscribe button. So until next time, take care, guys. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.